This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Marabella, Kincaid, Frederick, and Marabella, serving Chicagoland communities for more than 70 years. Hello, and welcome to Dana Being Dana. I'm Dana Michelle, and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together, and living life intentionally. A global pandemic, social injustice and unrest, soaring unemployment rates, and the most important election year of our time has put unprecedented strain on domestic relationships and what is happening in homes. Even marriages and relationships that have coexisted in parallel have suffocated and imploded as people have had to shelter in place together and things have gotten real. People have said, I do not want to be with this person for the next pandemic. Talks of separation and divorce are on the rise. And joining me now are friends of mine, Georgina, Tish, and Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay, you are a family law attorney. That's right. So I am very thankful that you're here to talk about domestic relationships and family law during this time because it is such a trying time. How has family law been impacted lately during this pandemic? You know, in addition to the uptick in cases that we've really seen, I think that the the people who are divorced already are seeing um, changes in their custody agreements. You know, school isn't traditional anymore. It's it's home-based, really. And so the parents who had these traditional schedules of uh, every other weekend, one night a week, you know, you've got these parents who uh, were the non-custodial parent wanting to come in and get that extra time during the week because they're working from home. The kids aren't really in traditional school anymore. Um, so that's been, you know, a big thing for those going through the divorce or who are post-decree, meaning that they are, are already divorced. Um, in addition, you know, child support is changing. People are losing their jobs. Maintenance mm -hmm. has to change. Um, you know, just like I said, generally, we're, you know, quite busy. Yeah. The positive thing, though, I think, is because the courts are less available to us, so a lot of people want to settle. They recognize that litigation isn't going to be quick or easy any longer. And so now we're seeing a lot of people come to our office and want to mediate. They want to, you know, they just want us to reach out to the other attorney and see if we can get a settlement going because, you know, going to court is going to be six months out at this point. So I think that's been a benefit as, you know, litigation for families long term is always, you know, not really the best thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you all noticed anything when it comes to child support, custody? Um, during this time? Um, for me personally, my daughter turned 18 during this time. Um, so I lost that support. Um, but she's 18 and she went off to college. And so now it's, she still costs money, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and so that's a challenge. It's how, a challenge. How long have you been divorced? Uh, four years. Four years. Yeah. And mm -hmm. how about you, Tish? I've been divorced for two years. And I've noticed the same thing, but my daughter was turning 18 right as we were going through the divorce process. Okay. And so just like you, she's off to college. And so there's still that cost associated with mm -hmm. it. And so I struggle with, when you think about law, family law, um, why there isn't some clause in there to talk about supporting children post-18. Because they're still children. I mean, they're still on the That's payroll. Dependent. Sure. And I, I'm, I'm paying for her tuition. I'm paying yes. for her expenses um, while she's in college. So that is something that just kind of makes your gut churn a little bit. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, I, and I can say we have the whole tuition thing worked out, um, you know, that was part of our divorce. But there's all those added extras, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. when I started buying all those dorm supplies, yeah. that added up really quick. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, 
period. Well, so. it's, it's, it's important to note, and I don't know when you got divorced, but the statute did change. So it allows for the tuition to be paid and split between the parties, but it also now allows for transportation expenses, mm -hmm. supplies, um, all those other things, and even an allotment when the children are home with you from, you know, on recess and things like that. So it might not be a full amount of child support, but now the statute allows for that. Mm -hmm. oh, so that's good. That is that has good changed. to know. That is good to know. Because <laughs> they eat. That has changed. Yes, yes, yes. Breaking yep. news. Yep. <laughs> right? You heard it here first. I do think it's very trying times uh, when it comes to this pandemic. It's resulted in increases in depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. mental illness. Um, how do those play into marriage? and subsequently divorce? And, and what advice do you have for people who are involved in abusive relationships? Mm. Hmm. I, I am someone who has high anxiety. Um, and right now my anxiety has been high. Um, I've also had some things with my uh, career and work going on. Yeah. So not only have I had the pandemic, um, I've let my oldest, you know, not let, but I've taken my <laughs> oldest off to, to college. <laughs> um, it's let. It's let. Yeah, I did, I did Wait, let her go. Out of state. You let her go out of state. <laughs> I did I let her go across the border. Um, and, and so, you know, I can say that there are times where my anxiety is high yeah. because you're, you're saying goodbye to your child and I have things going on with work, but um, this is also something that I have to work with her father with, that I have to make sure that we are on the same page. Um, and there was a divorce for a reason, because we weren't on the same page right. way back when. And so I can say that things have evolved over the past years. Um, and talking about my anxiety, I have really focused on lowering my expectations mm. from what I expect from my ex and basically expecting nothing. Um, and then I can be pleasantly surprised. Um, so that's that's what I have done for my own anxiety. Yeah. And I think managing those expectations, kind of meeting yes. people where they're at, mm -hmm. um, can be difficult because mm -hmm. very much. in many cases it's not 50-50. And one thing I think the statute doesn't cover is that sweat equity, the right. effort that it takes to put in, right? The e-learning IT support, right? You don't get a, you don't get a, pen, a, a stipend for that. Yeah. There's, there's no money that comes with that. Um, and so that's that's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's difficult. Have you seen an uptick in what I would consider um, uh, emergency issues, where, where, where it is, you know, very serious um, abuse, mm -hmm. um, crisis moments in, in family law now? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, pre-pandemic, a lot of divorces were mostly infidelity or disagreement on money. Mm -hmm. Realistically, uh, every once in a while, you'd get the ones that went off with a bang. You know, emergency orders of protection, abuse, just a few of them. But I would say we're we're starting to lean towards the majority of them are coming out of abusive relationships, mm -hmm. and that seems to be the main reason why people are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And not just physical abuse, mental abuse yeah. um, from somebody who might have a mental illness. You uh, mean like narcissism? Like narcissism. Can we talk? about yeah <laughs> why is everybody laughing we talk about advice for for dealing with the narcissist because i think i think it's tough to shelter in place with a narcissist i think for me what i've had to learn how to do for a long time i've tried to tap dance around my truth in communication to try to manage someone else's behavior or mm -hmm. someone else's mood 
And that was not a positive thing because mm -hmm. they didn't get the fullness of the message that I was trying to communicate. And so what I've learned is that I can't be responsible for how someone else reacts to my truth. Mm -hmm. I just have to be true about my truth and share it. And however they choose to deal with it That's is how so they true. deal with Absolutely. it. And that has been hard for me because I've lived in that pathology of tap dancing around yes. messages for such a long time. But I got to a point where I said, you know what, this doesn't serve me well yes. at all. Mm -hmm. And so I need to stop taking over someone else's responsibility and just own my own stuff. Yeah. And my own stuff is being true to what I have to say. And so you're talking about letting people respond to your truth mm -hmm. and however way however. That, that, that that impacts them. Yeah. In other words, adjusting to I say that all the time yeah. um, because people will adjust. Mm -hmm. They may not like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. They may not be happy right. about right. it. And shocked. Like, shocked. Like, yeah. I can't believe you're living your best life. <laughs> yes. But it's, yeah. it's important to be true to you Absolutely. and the things that you value. Um, and people will get mm -hmm. over it mm -hmm. one way or another. Or another. Yeah. 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 A lot of times people are afraid to make moves in divorce or separation because of money. I think money's a huge issue when it comes to divorce and separation. Sometimes they don't make moves because they feel like they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. uh, what advice do you have for people? Because I don't think everybody has all their, their pennies together <laughs> yeah. when they come to the courthouse, yeah. right? No, no. no, no. Um, so what advice do you have um, for people who are sitting watching um, and want to make changes in their life but fear that they don't have the money to do it? Did you guys have all the money? Um, I know I didn't. I, I, no, but it was time. Yeah. yeah, it was something that just happened. And you know what, I, I guess for me, um, and you can probably speak more on this, is that it's a formula. You know, it is a formula now in the state of Illinois. And so there are certain things that you know you will, you know, the kids are covered or you're covered on maintenance or, or whatnot. I stayed home for 14 years. I was oh. not a working mom. I had to get back into the workforce with my divorce. Um, and I'm happy. But you, you still know. did it. Yeah. I did. And I think that's so important yes. because I think there's a lot of people who do stay at home and mm -hmm. feel trapped. Yes. They feel like they don't know where the money is. They don't know where the assets are. Um, and they're afraid to make moves yeah. because they've been home for so mm -hmm. long. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to you. Yeah. I had the opposite of that. So I, I worked you know, since I was 16 out of the home. And so when it came to divorce for me, I wasn't worried about whether or not I could afford my home, afford my children. What I was most concerned about is what I would have to pay out in the courts. Wow. That was a huge thing for me. And so that was part of what, why I stalled um, with pursuing it. And of course my children, I didn't want to jack up my kids. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so, I, so th those two things were really playing out, but you get to the point of thinking my peace mm -hmm. and yes. my joy yes. is yes. worth much more than I would have to endure in the course. And so I had to get to a point where I said, you know what, money, there's more from where that came from. I can get that back, but I need my peace. Yeah. At mm -hmm. time. And yeah. your peace and joy reflects onto your children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that I think is throughout a divorce, that is the greatest gift that we can give our children. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's you know, so true. Is to give, you know, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of peace, what advice do you have for people to be better co-parents? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. 
<laughs> you know what the term that I use when I when I tell somebody that you know this is an allocation judgment, this is the document that's going to probably control your life and your children's mm -hmm. lives. But this is a living, breathing document. Yes. It has to move. The word flexible is the word that I probably use the most on a daily basis. Whether they hear me or not and they listen mm -hmm. to me, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. But that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you can't expect them to not ever be five minutes late. Right. You can't expect them to remember everything for soccer practice. You can't file petitions every time something like that happens. Mm -hmm. You have to be flexible. Right. I think it's also important, I agree, being flexible comes out of doing the work to heal. Right. Yeah. Um, letting go of the pride and the ego and the, and the desire yes. to control when you feel you no longer have control. Letting some of that go mm -hmm. gives you the forgiveness and compassion for, for being late or sure. particularly when it's not deliberate. But I think people hang on to those things mm -hmm. when they're holding on to bitterness, mm -hmm. when they're holding on to anger, yes. when they're trying to hold on to control. Um, so. And I realized early on uh, in my career that there were some divorces were just so much more difficult than others, mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure why. And then I figured out that there was a, some mental health issue. Generally speaking, narcissism was, you know, not that I, am a I can't diagnose anybody, nope. but I you can, can certainly <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly see all the character traits there. Um, and and those really became the divorces that were high conflict and where people needed to let go a little bit. And when you're divorcing a narcissist, that's what it's about. It's yeah. about picking your battles. Yeah. You're not going to mm -hmm. file the petition for the five minute late return. You're not going to do that because that's what they want. Yeah. Okay, and so I figured that out very early in my career, kind of carved out a niche for myself now where I've, I specialize in divorcing people from narcissists at yep. this point because it's such such a unique area and something you really need to know how to do. Yes, it sure is. People are watching and they're trying to decide whether they stay or they go. What do you ladies have um, to give them in terms of advice? Um, Follow I th your gut. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, follow your gut. Um, I was not the one who was going for the divorce, and I was trying to hang on. Mm -hmm. And I thought I needed to save my kids and save my family. And the further I got away from it, mm -hmm. man, am I happy. Yes. I am so happy. So yes. if your gut is telling you this isn't right, that energy that you are holding and mm -hmm. feeling is going through your, your home to your children. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think I could get through it, I, mm -hmm. but I knew there is another side. Yeah. There is light at the end of the tunnel. You have to go through hell, but you will get through it and persevere, and you will be a better person. Yeah. Um, and this is just my own little thing. Healing is cyclical. And I feel like we come around and, and we heal and there might have been something that you have experienced that triggered you and then the next time it doesn't trigger you and two times it happens again, it triggers you. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be kind mm -hmm. to yourself. It's learning and growing. Yeah, I think um, for people who are in this situation that they know, like you said, um, in their gut, it's just not right. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to kind of think through in my life, what's important for me? And a lot of times when we're in families, we think about everybody else yes. and we forget about ourselves. Yes. And for me, I had to get to a point where I, I thought about me first because by putting me first, I'm gonna show up as the best person I can mm -hmm. for my children and other people in my life. And so while my divorce process was probably the hardest, most excruciating thing I've had to endure, um, it, it's 
you know, what, do I wish I would have divorced? No, you never, no one ever wants to right. lose their I don't their think marriage. anybody gets Nobody married to get divorced. Right, you don't right. do that. But um, for me, there's no lonely like being married and lonely. Yes. And yes. I had to get to a point where I said, you know what, there is more to life than this. And it's time to set both of us free. Yes. Um, as hard as it is, it is not easy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was a decision that I think was the best in the long run for all of us. For people who are tired of being married and lonely, Lindsay, <laughs> how do they engage a family law attorney? Do they have to have all the money? Do they have to have all the resources ready? Um, do they have to be positive they want a divorce? How can they engage a family law attorney? So you don't need to have all the money. You don't need to have all the resources ready. I, I do suggest, and many people come to me, and, and, and you know, for, unfortunately mostly women, and they just don't know what they have. Yeah. So if you are thinking about it, get a grasp on it. Take a look. Just start paying attention at, at a minimum. Um, you don't need to steal bank statements or anything, but just know what's there. You know, you're yep. entitled to know. You're entitled to know what credit cards and things that you have as a family. Um, but in terms of engaging, talk to a few of them read reviews, um, talk to your friends, talk to your family, get their advice, get their opinion. Um, you do have to be ready to move forwards. Uh, once you file, you know, you can certainly stop the divorce, you can stop the process at any time, but you should emotionally be ready to go back if that's what you're going to do, or be 100% emotionally ready to move forwards. Yeah. But talk to divorce attorneys, interview them, because you need, this isn't a regular attorney, this is sort of your therapist and sort of your lawyer and your sort coach. of your friend and your life coach yes. and everything. So you need to click with them. This is a person you're going to speak to multiple times in a week. Uh, so make sure that it's somebody that you trust and trust with your children. I, I'm a mom. I, I would you know, only want the best person and the person who I clicked with and felt comfortable with representing me and my children. So mm -hmm. do, your, do your homework. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I trust yeah. you, Lindsay. I think you are a fabulous <laughs> family law attorney. And um, I think the work that you do is so important to helping people live their lives in the best way possible because all you have is time mm -hmm. and that is priceless. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Marabella, Kincaid, Frederick, and Marabella, serving Chicagoland communities for more than 70 years. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about relationships, family law, divorce, and moving on. Joining me now are my friend, Dr. Sean Kyle Gary, and her husband, Greg Gary. This is the first marriage for Greg and the second marriage for Sean, and they have a beautiful love story. How are you both doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. You two are newlyweds. We are. For yes. better or for worse? Yes, during the pandemic. Yes. Yep. So what do you appreciate most about each other? Well, um, she's very easy on the eyes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. She's a gorgeous woman. And when we met, we met at a, a time for both of us that was... Um, I don't know, we were both kind of going through something, and I don't know, we just kind of hit it off right then and there, and I felt like we clicked right away. Yeah? So yeah. Tell, me, tell me, what were you going through, Greg, at the time? <laughs> I had a business that was going under. Okay. So I had a, I had a business that um, I shut down, 
And uh, I was feeling like, oh boy, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. All those kind of things. And then came Sean. And you've been engaged before? I have. Yeah? Yes. Twice. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice. So the third time is the charm, is that right? Yes. Yes. All, all it took was the right woman. Yeah, That's the right woman. Took. Well, I think a lot of people can relate to um, having business troubles or having a business yeah. end during this time. So I think, yeah. you know, being able to find love amidst that storm um, is, is what it's really all about. Yeah. Sean, how about yeah. you? You were married before. Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that and, and your divorce? Sure. Um, well, what I do appreciate about Greg is in meeting him, he was very... Um, I guess familiar, if you will, with. What does uh, that mean? He had dated divorced women before, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> he had dated divorced women before. He had dated divorced women. King of divorced women. <laughs> but I appreciated that he allowed me to to kind of just be me. You know, I didn't have to be um, perfect, Sean, or super happy, Sean. Just had to be Sean. Yeah. And so wherever the chips felt fell that day was fine with him. So if I was in a great mood, he was fine with that. If I was down or disappointed that something was going on, he was a good ear to listen. And he was, he was just very um, open that people who are divorced have other matters they have to handle that don't have anything to do with you, but they're part of who you are. So I appreciated him just letting me be me. We are yeah. complicated people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How long were you married? Uh, I was married the first time 22 years. 22 years. And have five beautiful children from that. So, nice. um, you know, and that came to an end in 2015. And uh, it was really, really devastating, Dana. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're friends, so you We know, met during that time. We met during, we that, met during time. that time. And so that can kind of uh, rock your confidence. Yes and make you feel that you're not quite who you are. Right. And so I met Greg uh, um, almost a year later, 2016. Uh, we had our first date on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that Tell just- Tell us about it. <laughs> so you were coming back from Texas. Yes, I had gone yeah. on a family trip to Texas. Uh, he actually, we met on um, a, um, a dating app. Okay. And so that was new for me. Yeah. You know, it was scary for me. I had not been around all this um, dating scene stuff. That's how Greg found his divorce women. Yes, he went trolling. He was trolling <laughs> on the site. Who's divorced? She tell you, she ghosted me on the site. Really? I did. Yeah, I did. she ghosted me. Why did you ghost him? I, again, I had been married for 22 years, so I, had, I was not real comfortable with dating. Yeah. I was more comfortable with people introducing me to people mm -hmm. than the dating app, but I tried it. It was new, yeah. and I had not known him. I didn't know anyone who knew him. And so talking with this person that could, it was a stranger with pictures, mm -hmm. you don't know who they really are, I just got uncomfortable. I liked who he was. He was really good looking, and smart and all these things but so I just said you know what I don't want to do this online dating thing so yeah. I just turned it off yeah so we're all we all want to know what happened next how did you all reconnect he stalked me he looked for me on Facebook no, he looked I for me and found not. me six months no, later no. He, he found her on social media no it, she came up in you know people you should know yeah, kind of thing. I'm sure come clean come on yeah now. yeah now had you exchanged have, had you exchanged numbers no. In the first time you all met? No. 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 Okay. We had I came only up communicated in his feed. on that site. Yeah. 
So Facebook told you about people you should know. You should know this person. You should know this person. Yeah, and I agree with Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he sent me a friend request, and I saw you it. You recognized who he was? I recognized because it was the same picture. And she was all over it. As soon as I friended her, <laughs> instant messages all over the place. Hey, it goes down you like, you found me. You found me. It goes down in the DMs. But yep. we had... Uh, friends in common. Okay. Um, that I didn't know we had once we started re-talking again, and I figured out one of my really great friends went to high school with him. So then I felt comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys went on your first date, New Year's Eve, 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be just a lunch date before she went to her big party that was, you know, <laughs> in the West Loop, right? I yep. never made it to the party. Never made it to the party. <laughs> Had such happened. a good time. Yeah. This was the party. You are the party, wherever you're at. That's right. So That's how right. did you know that she was the one? I actually knew that night. Wow. I actually knew that night. We went from a lunch date to, hey, you know, there's a movie theater down the street. You know, you want to check out this movie. And she was fine with that. Mm -hmm. Then um, after the movie, she attacked me in the elevator. Attacked you? No, yeah. not at all. I did not. No, I did she not. attacked me in the elevator. You just let Sean be Sean. That's not the way it went. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going by uh, my cousin's place for New Year's. Would you like to come with me? Yeah. She followed me. Yeah. It was a little bit different. I think I got attacked in the elevator. I was like, oh, my Someone goodness, I guess he's attracted. <laughs> Something went down. Went Sparks down. flew. It did. Sparks flew. In the elevator. Yeah. So how, when did you know that Greg was the one? It, you know, he knows this. And it's nothing to say about him or anything. But I had a lot of trust issues with men, obviously. Sure. It happens to some women um, when, you have, when you get divorced. So I wasn't immediately, you know, ready to, to jump into this relationship. That's right. Uh, he expressed himself, and that was great. No, but I, it I, took me maybe another 30 days. 30 days. To, to really feel like. To jump in that elevator. Okay. All right. Okay. We I can do this. I asked her on another date the immediate next day. He did. We actually had like almost 48 hours of date. Nice. From the first date. Yeah. And that means something. Yeah. That means we something. We didn't want to be out of each other's company. Yeah. but. So tell us know. about your proposal. You <laughs> <laughs> well, we have pretty, uh, I think, untraditional proposal story. Um, we knew we wanted to be married probably a yeah. year into dating. And Greg, I always joke and say, Greg has asked me to marry him 20 times, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's been legitimate. He really wanted to be married. And I did, too. And I just think we had to work through some things um, when you come from a whole life beforehand. Right. And true. so I think. What might and I never told him no. I just used to say, "Not yet" right. or "Not now." And so I think this last time, um, it was kind of silly. We were just in the bathroom, and he said, "Sean." I turned around. And he was on his knees. And he's like, "Will you please just marry me? Just just get it done." What are we doing? And so and she said, "You know, I could probably do it in two weeks." Yeah, and I said, "Okay." I'm going to call your bluff. You really want to do this? You know what? Let's just do it. Let's get it done in two weeks. And he was like, let's do it. So it was like a challenge almost. Like, can we get this done? So it, it started off being silly, but it got really serious really quick. And it was two weeks time. We put together a whole wedding. 
uh, with our, our best friends and family and um, made it happen. Yeah. Got all my kids flowing in wow. town. And so you guys got married on New Year's Day. Got married on New Year's Day, Day 2020. One one twenty. It's beautiful. Minister friends of ours did the ceremony. That's yeah. nice. And yeah. uh, we had the reception. At home. At home. With all our friends and family, so yeah. it was good. Well, what yeah. makes your marriage solid and the real thing? It's solid most days, right? I think most days. <laughs> I think most days. Last night, one of the dogs got sprayed by a skunk, and <laughs> the other one had violent diarrhea. And so I was getting up all night. I had to wash a dog, and she was not very happy with me last night. She didn't move an inch. I don't think she was happy with me last night. But that's part of marriage. Yeah. But that is. That is mm -hmm. part of marriage. You have days where one person doesn't really want to do much and the other one does. You kind of lean on each other. I think what makes it solid for me is um, in doing this before, you have what you've learned, best practices, what to do, what not to do, that kind of play in my head a lot. And I think what makes it solid for me and Greg is I'm very aware of who I am now. You know, when I first was married, I was 21. I didn't really know who I would be. And now I'm 47, so I know exactly who I am, yeah. and I accept exactly who he is. And so we just kind of uh, work with that. Oh. I know that he's going to disappoint me, and I know that I'm going to disappoint him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we're going to do this till death do us part. That's, That's it. the thing about coming together <laughs> at our age. We already know who we are. We're professionals. Yeah. We have an idea of what we bring to the party yeah. already. Yeah. So You are you know, the party. Yeah, yes. yeah. Happy yeah. New Year. <laughs> right. Happy New Year. And we already know not to expect the other person to be perfect. That you don't you shouldn't have to expect the other person to encompass everything you need in life. Right. That's you know, that's uh What do you think is the difference between love and compatibility when it comes to relationships? I think you can grow to love someone. I think that uh, compatibility for me is way more important. Do we have the same goals? Do we have the same foundation? Uh, do we want um, the same for our future? Can we, can we work together with what each other already has? And if we can get together on those things, I think love flows naturally from that. Yeah. I think if you, not that you shouldn't be like, oh, super attracted. Of course you're attracted to them. Right. But in being divorced, I know that love isn't enough. You can love that person and it can still fall apart. And so I think the other things for me were more important. And then I grew to love him in just the way that he is because he, he loved me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean, I want to ask you when it comes yeah. to divorce, um, is there a difference between being divorced mm -hmm. and being ready to move on? Because I think some people yes. who get divorced really struggle mm -hmm. with, with moving on. And you can speak from an engagement perspective too, is, is actually being ready for your next relationship. Yeah. Well, I know from experience that you cannot um, move on to your next relationship until you do some healing of yourself. Yeah. That is so important. I know people say it, they give lip service to it, but it's work. It's work to look yourself in the face and know what your, your own issues are. You know, what did you contribute to that divorce and how are you going to change that? You have to know what are your positives, what are your weaknesses, and spend time getting to know you. What kind of activities do you like as a single person, right? right? I took myself on dates. I went to restaurants I wanted to go to, right? I went to see the movies I wanted to see so I could get to know me. 
and having good girlfriends and um, I'm a Christian so getting you know deeper into my faith just helped me to really ground who I was mm -hmm. and so when Greg came around yes I was looking for a life partner I just think that's the personality I have um, I'm not someone that's, you know, not, nothing's wrong with dating. I think people who want to be single and dating is fine. But I wanted to one day be married, but I wanted to be marryable. Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to take care of what I needed. So when he came around, he got the benefit of me doing some homework some on myself. Work. Some yeah. work work. Yeah. So that's, that's different. You can't just bounce into the next relationship. You'll right. bring that same baggage and it'll fail just like the first one did. Yeah. And I was not going to fail again. Okay. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people looking to not be alone for this next pandemic? <laughs> well, it's, it's not as simple as that. you got to find the right person yeah. either way. And it goes back to your previous question about compatibility. You have to have compatibility. I mean, mm -hmm. you can... Love is not enough. I was single for a long time. And I think... I was looking for someone that I can just get along with. I mean, that's such, so important. Can I just get along? Can we just get along? And uh, my, a pandemic comes, and I think really, that really becomes important. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. I think you still have to be open, even if there's a pandemic or other things going around. If you close yourself in, um, you know, uh, even imagine it, imagining yourself closed in that you can't meet someone if you close your mind to it then that's exactly what's going to happen but how, how do people date in a pandemic i mean how are you going to go on your first date well i oh, still think you i still sit in a parking yeah, lot that's what i'm saying there's a way you <laughs> still carry out you still can do that trust right. me when i tell you that yes. it happens you can go to a park you can Absolutely. have a nice picnic lunch we can still have a conversation and the beauty of it is yeah you get to see people in their most rawest, stripped-down form. There's not a jazz concert to distra distract you. There's yeah. not all these distractions, a zoo, a park, a movie. You're just forced to talk. That's right. And if you find somebody in a pandemic when there's less to do, mm -hmm. and you find yourself talking endlessly, yeah. up all night, having conversations, taking long walks, meeting in the park, that's something special. That's right. That's something special. Do you trust a first kiss? from someone that lives in a different house? You can take your time with those types of yeah. things. Okay. I think those things, types of things can be worked out. <laughs> but compatibility is something yeah. that you should definitely yeah. pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It has been incredibly trying times at home for many. Some people are grateful they are finally out of a toxic relationship. Mm. Others have discovered that the type of relationship they thought they had or the person they thought they were married to no longer exists. If you are in a situation where you feel unsafe, or unhappy, please take the necessary steps to take care of you. That first step can give you back the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you to my guests for having the courage to be intentional about love yeah. and for joining me at the station to share their stories. Special thanks to Mirabella, Kincaid, Frederick, and Mirabella. Hopefully you have been entertained, if not encouraged or inspired. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana, being Dana. See you next time.